is the Lord. Aren't you glad you know that? Amen. Church is not about us. It ain't about the music being the way you like it, the way I like it, the temperature, the color of the carpet, the color of the pews, the color of the lights, the color of the walls, the color of the sound panels. It's to the glory of God. Amen. The millennium is not a build up according to the way you like it or the way I like it. It'll be according to God's own plan. I'm so glad that we just submit to it and say, praise God, I'm glad I'm part of it. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to Mark chapter 13 tonight, if you would. Mark chapter 13, verse 19. I greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you've had a devil stomping week so far. Yeah. Have to be careful devil stomping. You get them toes all bent up, though, so you better, better be careful watching what you're doing there. We're having victory, though, in spite of all those things that are going on or are not. Think of it. You live from Sunday to Wednesday night. You're in your right mind, or at least I hope most of you are. And living in Laodicea. Praise God. Hey, we got victory. We got a lot to thank the Lord for. That's right. The words of our Lord. We're going to speak tonight about the church, and I want to pick up with a question that I asked you last Wednesday night. I want you to keep in mind now, whenever we look at these things, that these words that we're going to read are not the words of a, a uh, preacher that came along somewhat after the church was established, a preacher that is making a conjecture of his own ideas or his own opinions about things, but it's actually the founder of the church himself, which to me makes his words indisputable. Notice this, Mark 13, 19. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Now, the Lord's speaking about the tribulation. This parallels Matthew 24 of the end time leading right up before the rapture and going over into the time of the tribulation. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. Now, Jesus, the founder of the church, wants the church to know there are things he will do for the elect's sake. Not for the sake of angels, not even for his own but for the elect's sake. Now listen, except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen. Now you reckon this guy's a free will Baptist? Reckon he's some of these message preachers that don't believe in election? Now remember, this is the founder of the church himself. Now he knows what he's going to say is going to be the foundation of what the apostles are going to build upon. So now Jesus, be careful. Be careful how you lean toward election because you'll warp people if you're not careful now, Jesus. Be careful. Oh, that's what people say about me anyway. Now notice, but for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen. Oh, now wait a minute. I thought they chose him. Woo. 
No flesh should be saved but for the elect's sake whom he hath chosen. This is one of my favorite Greek words in the Greek language. Look at it. To pick out, choose. To pick or choose out for one's self. Choosing one, which is me, and you have to say you, picking one out of many. Of God choosing whom he judged fit to receive his favors. Glory be to God. And separated from the rest of mankind to be peculiarly his own and to be attended continually by his gracious oversight. Let's have the closing prayer and we'll all go get something to eat. Praise be to God, children. You imagine of all the Greek words that Jesus could have used. And he used this one. Notice now Mark chapter 13, verse 21. And if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is an anointed one. Or lo, there. He is there. Believe him not. For false anointed ones and false prophets shall rise and shall show. Praise the Lord. Look, friends, I believe in miracles, but miracles are not the only identification of servant. God's God. False prophets can do signs and wonders just like we can. And shall show signs and wonders. This is how powerful they will be. To seduce if it were possible, even the elect. Now Jesus uses this paradoxical statement to prove that it is impossible for the elect to be deceived. But yet how powerful the seducing spirit would be that it would come right up to the elect. From the elect down can be deceived by it. But the elect are in a separate category. Hey, now, now remember, this is not the words of Donnie Reagan. This is not William Branham that I'm quoting or Paul or Peter. It's the Lord Jesus, the founder of the church. Praise God. Let's pray together if you would. If you'd like to be remembered tonight, would you just raise your hand there before the Lord. Heavenly Father, oh, how we love your word. Thank you so much. Thank you. We just love it, Lord. It's our life. It's our sustenance. It keeps us going, Lord. Thank you. Lord Jesus, as we approach it tonight, I pray that you would help us, Father. Help me to be able to move aside, that you can just anoint me, Lord. Anoint that part of yourself that you placed in me. Lord, a gift that you 
uh, gave to me. It was there whenever I was born. Been with me all of my life. That gift, oh God, I pray that you would help me. Then, Lord, you give them a gift also. The ability to pull on the word. A gift to hear the word. A gift to live the word. Father, may you minister to us. Lord, this prayer calls a hold in my hand. Dear God, this Brother Kitchen, you see his need, Lord, his needs in his body and various things, requests that he has in his heart. I pray for him tonight, dear God, in the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God be able to minister to our brother. Lord, we're thankful for Brother Louis coming through his surge, and we're just believing you for a good report for our brother. Other folks that are going through various things, Lord Jesus, be a strength and an encouragement to the people, I pray, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. So if this would have been your rabbi, your teacher, and you was hearing him as he began to unveil the foundational principles by which he's going to establish his church, would it make you as a follower or if you were a minister, would it make you afraid to preach election or would it encourage you to preach election? Would it make you to where is it you would want to hide the doctrine of election, of choosing, of calling, of special love, special favors? Or would it make you believe that your founder of the church, that was actually the way he set it up? Now, of course, you would want to use wisdom. You would want to use understanding for those who might not understand and grasp and be able to comprehend it. But at the same time, I think we can use so much so-called wisdom, we rob the saints of many of the vitamins they need to feed on. We can be so worried that somebody's going to come in here and visit that, you know what, I rob you on Wednesday night. I rob you on Saturday night. I rob you on Sunday morning. I rob you again next Wednesday and next Saturday and next Sunday and next Wednesday and next Saturday because I don't want to offend nobody. Or I can preach what the Holy Ghost gives me. And anybody comes in that don't understand it, you know, they say, God, if they're a seed, it may wallop them, plumb out of their seat. But it'll grab a hold of them and say, Lord, have mercy. I ain't never heard nothing like that in my life. There's got to be more than what I'm understanding. Now, we know the Lord Jesus and the apostles did not constantly deal on election or predestination or the tribulation period. But there's times and seasons by which God has in his own understanding that we as the people of God need to feed on such levels. Now, that's one of the things of a minister that you as laity will never understand. That it's not that you run out of things to preach, but it's finding those things which 
are timely, those things which are in season. You know, there's many times that people want to talk to me and they need counsel about this or that or the other. Brother J.D., you'll call him and say, you know, Brother J.D., I need to talk to Brother Donnie. Brother J.D., say, Brother Donnie, Brother so-and-so, Sister so-and-so, no, they may need to talk. Well, okay, Brother J.D., let let me think about it a little bit. Let me pray about it a little bit. Now, some of you may say, I've got instant answers. I know exactly what you need. I know exactly what you're going through. No, that would be one of the best signs. I'm a liar and a deceiver. I need God's help. I need God's leading. So as far as preaching, no doubt. I've got files in my computer that'll be there the day of the rapture that I've never got to preach yet. I don't know if you understand it or not. We have broke into eternity. I've got so many files right now. I told Carol Odessa, I've got two or three other series that I've studied out of this millennium. That I've, I said, it almost looks like I'm going to start having church on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights, plus everything, the other service that I'm doing in order to bring it on. So for those of you that are like the little mouse in the granaries of Egypt, that's just eating a little bite every now and then, you're afraid I'm going to run out, don't worry about it. It ain't no time in the near future. But it takes the Spirit of God to do it. A preacher can't just sit down and say, well, today I'm going to get a revelation on this or this. You can't do that. It takes the Spirit of God to lead us. And it's the same way with where individuals are, where a church is, is in a cycle. Sometimes a church might need a cycle where they need a lot of encouragement and a lot of faith-building type sermons. A man that said, well, you know what? That don't seem very deep. That's not what's important. What's important is that man of God follows the leading of the Holy Ghost. There might be times there's a lot of sick folks and you need sermons on faith and healing and testimonies. You know why? Because that's what the church is going through. And there's other times you need message on election, predestination, sovereignty. You're going to make it. You was in his mind. Why? Because that's the cycle where we are. Now, what's this? Again, the founder of the church, St. John 15, 14. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now, remember, we're not Donnie and Wes and Fred and Gene. We're Peter and James and John and Mary Magdalene and Martha and Salome. And we're Peter and we're some of them first century people. And now, we've not been through Baptists. We've not been through Church of God. We've not been through Methodists. Methodist or Presbyterian, uh, we don't even know the name John Calvin because this is pre-Calvin. Amen. This is pre-Baptist. This is pre-Church of God. So we're just first century believers and our background is that we are Jews and the foundation of our faith is that God chose our Father above every other man on the face of the earth. You understand why Jews didn't have a hard time with with election? You understand why they did not struggle with the foreknowledge of God and God choosing one man out of the whole earth? You reckon Peter struggled with foreknowledge? You reckon Peter struggled with election? I don't reckon he did. Notice this. So we're sitting now at the feet of Jesus. The setting is, of course, Judas has left. And now Jesus is unveiling the closest intimate chapters of his entire ministry with those elected ones. 
Now notice, we're all together, we're sitting there, and we're hearing our Lord as he speaks these words, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now that's not everybody, that's not all of those that was even out among his followers but there were friends who had closer insight to what God was fixing to do did every believer have communion with Jesus in the Paschal Supper absolutely not only the friends were invited well praise God you understand the rapture is a gathering of the closest friends now we go to church with a lot of people but you probably don't go out to eat with every one of them but yet there's folks that you really have a close camaraderie and a friendship to and you love others you know you want to go to heaven with them but yet there's something about it now here Jesus the founder of the church is giving special designation to some who are called out from the called out they are chosen from among those who are called amen they are chosen from those who are called which is bidden to a feast or a supper but these have been given a closer invitation praise be to God notice I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you ye now remember pre-Calvin pre-first Baptist pre-Presbyterian pre-Pentecostal ye have not But I read it. Well, now wait a minute! Don't, 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 don't Jesus believe in, 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 in free moral agency? Sure, he believes it, and he's exerting it. His free moral agency to choose you. Notice, ye have not chosen me look at this word the exact same word that he used in mark you did not pick me out it was not you that decided you wanted to serve me it was not you that chose me out you was going to do me a great honor you were going to live for me now that's the way some folks approach God Oh, I made up my mind. I sought God. I I figured God out. You're going to have to have your hide busted. I can see that right now. God ain't going to accept that in heaven. We're going to have to realize it's the grace of God that's given to us. Well, I figured God out. You and how in the world can we figure God out? We can't figure God out. We've got what well, I've got to be able to understand it all before I'm serving. You'll never get to God trying to figure God out through your head. The prophet of God tells us the devil chose man's head in the Garden of Eden, but God chose his heart. Why? Because you'll never understand a lot of things about God in your head but your heart can believe what your head can't comprehend praise be to God if you woke up 
here tonight for prayer and God drops it in your heart to sure heal, I don't care how many signals that your body sends into your brain and your brain processes to the receptors that you're hurting, you're no better off, your heart will say, I don't care what you say brain, I don't care what you say head, I don't care what you say feelings, I am healed. Because your heart can believe what your head can't process. Oh my. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring forth fruit. Well, you reckon they will? Well, you reckon the chances are 50 50? 60 40? 75 25? He ordained them to do so. Praise God. And that your fruit, you're not only going to bring forth fruit, your fruit's going to remain. Praise be to God. I love reading like this, this, this sort of scriptures to the devil. When I get down and wore out and weary, I love punching right smack in the face with God's word. Whether I feel or not has nothing to do with it. This is what my father said about me. He chose me. I never chose him. He ordained me. I never done him some great favor by saying I'd live for him. Nonsense. He chose me. I was some little knot-headed boy down in Kentucky. How in the world could I ever know the great things God's allowed us to be able to know. It's not how smart you are. It ain't how smart I am. It's how submissive we are to the Holy Ghost to say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, we'll do. Oh, my. You should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Praise God. James chapter 1 verse 18. Now remember James was there. So what kind of impact is this positive teaching on election going to have on the disciples? Uh, uh, Somebody remind me, how many of them was it that turned out to join the Free Will Baptist Church? Did somebody say none? Did you say none or none? 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 N-U-N? I mean, no, N-O-N-E, None. So you mean none of them turned out to be free will Baptists? Wow. Why? The rabbi wouldn't. James 1.18 Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. <laughs> of his own will. Oh my goodness, where in the world did James get that? His rabbi. James had become the epitome of his rabbi's teaching. I don't know if you understand this or not, but in these days, actually, whenever this time frame was, it was up to you. To choose your rabbi. So if you wanted to sit under the feet of Gamaliel, if you wanted Heliel, if you wanted Rama, if you wanted Shama, whoever it was that you wanted, the great rabbis, and you heard, well, he stands on this and teaches this and teaches this, then you chose him. 
and you say, this is a man I want to follow. This is man I want to give my allegiance to. Jesus is eradicating that thought in the very foundation before the church is ever laid. Now he said, now let me tell you something, boys. Y'all ain't making up your mind to follow me. I'm the one who chose you in this situation. So get out of your mind. You never chose me. So guess what? That also changes your destiny point. So if you didn't make up your mind to follow him, you cannot make up your mind to leave him. So you go ahead and quit everything you started. But if you didn't start it, tell me how you're going to stop it. Praise be to God. Now they had not first chosen him. They said, well, thank you, boys. I didn't know if I was going to have anybody or not. Thank you all so much. You just don't know what this means to me. My father, the invisible light, just sent me down here on the earth. And I've just, I mean, I'm so discouraged. My journey is, it just looks like nobody's going to live for me. And thank you for all having pity on me and everything. I really appreciate it. I, I, don't, I don't know how many is going to believe me. I, I don't know. I mean, God sent me to the earth and maybe there might be a few. Well, where did you get that at? Sound like Walt Disney must have wrote that. That ain't in my Bible. My Bible tells me he come for his own. Now notice John also sitting there. John some years later around 90, 91 AD. John says it this way. 1 John four nineteen. We love him. Because <laughs> I might have a spell every time I read this. I'll tell you what, it, just, it so blesses my heart. We love him because we understand him. Because mama was a good mama. Because daddy was a good daddy. Because you're a good person. Nonsense. We love him because he he was beforehand with them and they chose him after he chose them and he didn't choose you because he saw down in time that you would choose him that's not foreknowledge foreknowledge oh lord here we go foreknowledge is that he actually saw you and chose you because you were a part of him. Not that he saw, well, I see Wes will choose me, so then I'll, I will foreknow. That's not the meaning of foreknowledge. He foreknew you. Amen. Notice the word here that is chosen is from the same word derived as elect. And it means the same thing. Let me read this to you. It was not that by nature they were more inclined than others to seek God or that they had a native goodness to recommend them to him. But it was because he graciously inclined them by his Holy Spirit to seek him. He bumped you in. And then after you got in, you said, well, that's what I wanted to do anyway. Praise God. Don't get in your mind that any of the bride of Christ are in here against their will. No, they're not against their will. But we needed the bumping to help override our stubbornness of our will. 
Notice this is on the church. Oh man, you're talking about a quote. It isn't because my mother there is saved that I'm saved. It's because God chose me in Christ. I want you to see it. Not you choosing yourself. Not your choice. How much you prayed when you turned a new page. You had nothing to do with it. Oh my, when you get to see that's the truth, you say, you mean I didn't turn to the Lord? No, sir. You had no way at all turning to the Lord. Your whole nature, your whole makeup was against God. Can't you see what a miracle you are sitting here tonight? Your whole makeup was against God. Your whole nature was against God. God saw you. God called you. It's always been that way. In the Garden of Eden, when man sinned first, look at the nature of a sinner hiding. But it should have been Adam calling God. But it was Adam hiding and God calling Adam. You see it? That's the nature of a sinner. Hide. Run away. Get behind something. But God calling, oh my grace, amazing grace. God calling, now notice you say, oh that was Adam and Eve. It's always through the Bible the same. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draws him. Is that right? That's the word. And that's the way we want it. The word. Then you know where you're standing. How many in here are Christians tonight? Know that you're a Christian. There's something in you that says you're a Christian. That's right, you see? Why? You should be the happiest person in the world. You should just believe that. My, that's easy. Take God's word for it. Now, before you can become a Christian, God called you. Not you calling God. God called you. Where's Brother Brandon getting this? He said under the rabbi of James the rabbi of John, the rabbi of Peter. Guess what? I said under that same rabbi. Amen. Now he called Abraham. He's the father of all the faith. Notice he said Abraham. Now it's election. I want you to get on that election strong. Notice I want to get on that election strong because it's the truth. Now you didn't become a Christian just coincidence. Because, oh my, you become the bad before you was in the world. Good Lord. Before you were born, God ordained you to be a Christian from the Garden of Eden, from the foundation of the world. Oh, you say, is that right, brother? That's the truth. God, before there was ever known anything. So it wasn't that God looked way, way back here and God said, Dale, is that Dale? Wave it out. All right, that's Dale. Okay. Dale. Oh, yeah, this this is easy. I see Dale down yonder. He's going to decide he wants to serve me. So what I'll do, I'll ordain Dale to serve me. Really? I mean, what help did Dale need? But this is the way Dale was. I call the rest of us. He's stubborn, hard-headed, wasn't looking for God. But God was still looking for that. 
wasn't looking for God, God was looking for Donnie. Amen. <laughs> Let's look at the word chosen through the rest of the New Testament, okay? Now, this is the foundation. This is the building. This is the footer of the block, so on, so on. So you understand that the house is being built on. Let's see what effect this foundation had through the rest of the entire New Testament on these followers. Now, y'all done told me that none of the apostles turned out to be free will Baptists. And well, none of them legal as Pentecostals. Matthew 22, 14. For many are Kletos, invited to a banquet. Invited by God in the proclamation of the gospel to obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom through Christ. So they're invited. Who is that group? Whosoever will. Anybody who don't want to go to hell, come on, get saved. Come on, get saved. Give your heart to Jesus. But we can't make you bad. We can't make you bad. But you're called. Hey, give your heart to God. Run, run. Trouble's coming. Tribulation coming. Come, give your heart to God. Many are called. Now remember the rabbi. But few are you mean Jesus put a difference between this call? Now remember, this call is not the elect called, but it's the invitation called. There's a different word. So this is those that hear, and they're called say, hey, come on, come on. Uh, he sent out his servants and said, hey, there's, there's empty spots at my table. Come on in and eat. You don't want to have to go that way. You don't have to live for that devil. Oh, that's right. I want to go. I want to give my heart to God. I, I don't want to go to hell. He said, well, come on. Come on. You can eat at it. Come on. I'll let you go into the new earth. I'll give you eternal life. Come on. But if you are chosen. Now they're called too, but they're also chosen. The others are called, but not chosen. But you're CNC, called and chosen. Now chosen is akletos, elect, picked out, chosen by God. To obtain salvation through Christ. Hence, Christians are called chosen or elect of God. Choice. Select. The best of its kind or class. Excellence preeminent. Applied to certain individual Christians. Oh my goodness. So you mean it's not applied to everybody. So everybody that's called is not chosen. But everybody that's chosen is called. Praise be to God. You mean so the Lord Jesus actually taught in the gospel that everybody wasn't the same. Really? Wow. Well, where does this idea come from that everybody is? Wrong rabbi. They're not following Rabbi Jesus. And Rabbi Branham. Well, praise the Lord. Friends, this is your Bible now. Remember, this is not up for debate, right? These are the words of the founder. 
Amen. Notice again now, it's the same word that we read a while ago in Mark 13, 20. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen. Whom he hath chosen. He hath shortened the days. Whom he hath chosen. St. John 13, 18. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. St. John 15, 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore the world hateth you. Acts 9, 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man. Now God sent Ananias over to pray for Saul. How much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Isn't it amazing? Paul is a chosen vessel and he don't even know it. Well, wait a minute, I thought God based it on our choice and then God backs up and, you know, retrospect and looks back and says, well, because you chose me, I chose you. Well, here God was basing it upon his choice first. And the Lord didn't even ask him if he wanted to do it. Now, how in the world does that work? So you think, I mean, God is going to have this man to do this, that, and the other. And he didn't say, hey, I was thinking about making you a chosen vessel. I was thinking about having you persecuted, beat with rods, thrown out, let down a wall in a basket. I was thinking about all these things. What do you think? You know what he said? Forget it. I'll make tents. I'll make tents any day out of the way. God never said, what do you think? He said, you are a chosen vessel to preach my word. Worst free moral agency in that. Where's fairness? You don't talk to me about fair? And me being called of God, don't bring up fairness to me. Being a preacher ain't fair. You got your own burdens plus everybody else. And their brother and their neighbor and their dog and their cat. And then you want to talk to me about being fair? Let me tell you something, my brother, sister, I do not depend upon my faithfulness. It is not my faithfulness that encourages me. It is not your faithfulness that encourages me. It is not the conditions of the time that encourages me. I'll tell you what encourages me, the sovereignty of my Father. Oh, you said that's crazy, is it? Brother Ram said, I'd be a mighty discouraged person today if I didn't believe in election and calling. So here now, this man, Paul, gets under the rabbi, Jesus. Amen. And then Paul goes to writing words like this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, Amen. according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world 
that we should be, what has he become? He's become the epitome of the teaching of the rabbi that he said under. So he's not arguing, saying, now, you know, I love the Lord Jesus and everything, but I have a problem with his sin on election. I just really struggle with his, his problem. Well, you got too much tradition. Post Calvin, post Free Will Baptist, post Legal Pentecostal. Well, glory to God. But there's got to be somebody come through this hogwash and be washed. Except God ain't washing the hog. God's washing the hog away from your sheep. You see, you wasn't a hog in the first place, but you just got caught up with him. You thought you was. That's right. And God wants to wash us because rapturing faith will come through knowing who you are through his eyes, not through your choice. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 5. Uh, Paul, why'd you go have to ruin this scripture for by using this word? <laughs> Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to how much you have prayed and how much ties you have given, and you're such a goody goody. The goody goody is his pleasure, not you, not me. According to the good pleasure of. Second Thessalonians 2.13 But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you brethren beloved of the Lord because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Token time. You see, they're not just called to be saved. They're called to be saved, sanctified, sealed with the life of God, which is belief of the truth. You're not just called to accept Christ as your Savior who died on the cross. You're called to be sanctified and washed. And you're called to be, amen, to be believers of the truth, the whole canon of the revelation of God, according to the age that you live in. And Paul was actually rejoicing and thanking God, Brother Darrell, that there were people there who were called by God before the foundation of the world to accept what he had to say. Praise be to God. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may choose him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. First Peter 2 9 and Peter of course was there one of the disciples sitting there really struggling with election really struggling with post-Calvinism and struggling with the division of the Baptist church pre-civil war trying to understand free moral agency and Peter just said ye are a chosen generation <laughs> you know he hadn't sat under the feet of Gamaliel you know his rabbi wasn't Heliel his rabbi was not Shema. Jesus said things that said, no man spake words like this before. You know why you knew who this man had been, who his rabbi was, by the teaching he had inherited. <laughs> now he 
it's got an expansion of election with a New Testament understanding instead of just oh because he would have limited to Jews only in the Old Testament comprehension but God had now baptized this man into eternal life and he identified everyone that was born of the spirit in the same generation or genos of God notice what he said ye are a chosen genos generation you're all from the same source a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar which is precious valued treasure people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and you done what Wow, you mean that whole verse was about what he'd done for you? Well, Peter left out everything about my will. He left out me going up to the altar. Hallelujah. I beat on that altar. I sweated. I went, Jesus, you're going to bite your tongue off. Some of us might have been better off we had. It's got us in a lot of trouble, ain't it? It ain't just, it's the life of Jesus coming into your soul and be part of this generation. You understand we're not great, 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 great grandchildren of God. We're standing right there in the same first generation as Peter. We're first generation right here in 2019, children. Young people sitting right here in our church that are first generation born again people. Just like Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Mary, Salome, Martha. Oh, hallelujah. First generation saints. So here comes the rabbi and his followers. Revelation 17, 14. They shall make war with the lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And oh yeah, John said, and they that are with him. Everybody's going to be with somebody. We're going to be found with somebody. The important thing is, who is that somebody? They that are with him. They that are with the devil are going to be destroyed at this advent. They that are with the beast are going to be annihilated. Those that are with the denominations will be destroyed. But they that are with him. They that are with him are called and chosen. And Oh, you mean telling them they were chosen didn't ruin their faithfulness to God? They still believe they ought to live a godly life? Oh, if they're called, they'll believe that. Praise God. Amen. Now let's look at another word that the rabbi used. Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets insomuch that they show great signs and wonders. Insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Verse 31, and he shall send his angels of the great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his. So Jesus believed there was an elect. How come I got some preachers in the message that are preaching that everybody in the message and in the world is actually in one group, whosoever will. 
the problem of that is they don't believe the message. First of all, they don't believe the scripture. These are not message terms. They did not begin with the message. They begin in the word of God. God believes in election. And when God was made flesh, he believed in election. So if you ever get the Holy Ghost, God made flesh in you, guess what? He'll believe in election. He shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Again, Mark 13, 22. False Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce. If it were possible, even the elect. Luke 18, 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Boy, I got to say amen to that one. How many has he bared long with you? How many say longer, longest? Long, long, longer, longer, longest, longer, have whatever's beyond longest. Romans 8, 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. So what do we see? We see the commonality of the language from the rabbi running right down through all of these years later and then teaching the same thing. What happened to it, Brother Darrell? These truths became lost in the church ages. Then we got reformers that come out and sure Calvin leaned too much one way. And then the others had to come out swingly and they divided, well, no, it's too much. We've got to go back this way. And then here we come after all of that and God said, boy, am I going to do something in the last day? I mean, my children, they're going to be scattered in the Catholic church. They're going to be in the Presbyterian. Some of them's going to be Muslim. Some of them's going to be nothing. Some of them's going to be just as lost as lost can be. And I'm going to call them to myself and I'm going to take that word. I'm going to wash them from the falsehood of the I'm going to wash them from the falsehood of Trinitarianism. I'm going to wash them from the falsehood. It will be the greatest restoration of the word that the world has ever known. Out of that age, I will present a bride and she will be without fault. And it will be a miracle. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Titus 1.1. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. So you mean he separated the faith of the elect from everybody else? What about the called? Oh, they have faith too. But it's not the same faith of the elect. Acknowledging and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Now poor Peter again, bless his heart. You know, Peter, free will Baptist Peter, and he, he just really struggled. He went to this Baptist church all of his life. He heard the message and then, man, he struggled. So First Peter 1, 2. Yeah. 
he opens this verse with this word. <laughs> he must have got rid of his problem. <laughs> he didn't feel he had to bury that word way on down in the verse or try to use another word to soften it up, but he opened up his verse with this word. It acts. It acts. Might I say that to you tonight? It acts. According to the foreknowledge of God. The Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Second John 1 1. The elder unto glory be to God. What are they doing, Carol? They're saying what the rabbi said. Don't you see, friend, this struggle that many message folks still have with this, it never existed in the first church. The elder unto the elect lady. Wow. I'd love to preach on that sometime. The elect lady. But I want you to notice. And her children. So John had this. He still came over this rabbinical teaching of Jesus. That he was separating the elect from this other category. You see, if you're all elect lady, you don't have elect lady and then children in the elect lady. Unless, of course, you're the elect lady. And then you have helped bring people to light that are not elect lady quality. But they will be there because they are identified through the birth of your pains and actually called your child. Don't give up on them, children. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on your straying children. You may not be able to make them elect lady, but it might be through you, Esther. It might be through you who can say before this hour you were raised up for this very time. The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. Wow, he just worded things different, didn't he? He just said things in a different way. Whom I love in the truth and not I only but also all they that have known the truth. Isn't it amazing this man John stood right there at the feet of the, of the Lord Jesus when he died. Right there at the cross. The only disciple that was there at the cross. And he preached less about the cross than Paul did. Some people get so hung up on the cross that's all they preach. The cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. And they think preaching the cross alone will get you in. It will not. 
This man stood at the feet of the Lord Jesus at the cross. He preached the power of the cross. But he also saw there's more to salvation. More to the revelation of the word of God. Than just staying around the cross on Golgotha. You've got to go on to perfection. Can I have a few more minutes? Y'all still love this rabbi, don't you? Not me now. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. Y'all okay with this teaching? You Calvinists and free will Baptists, y'all are too legalists, whatever more. All right. Now watch in Matthew 13, 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Praise God. So a person can hear the word of the kingdom and they receive it into their heart, but they have no root in themselves. Mm-hmm. Notice verse 20. He that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word. So we ain't talking about denominational people because most of them don't hear a lot of the word anyway. So we're talking about a place where the word is preached. Heareth the word and anoint with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath no root in himself. Now wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. He hears the word and receives the seed word into his heart, yet he has no root. Well, wait a minute. I, I thought if the seed took off growing, that that seed would produce the root. But you see, he's missing something which the seed had to join itself to. So he's got to have the root in himself before he hears the word. Oh, no, don't tell me Jesus believed that. Yeah, actually, he's the founder of that. Yet it has no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. What? You mean the deceitfulness of riches and the things of the world can choke the word of God? Oh, now Jesus, don't tell me you're going to preach that spoken words, original seed stuff here. But he that receives seed into the good ground. You mean the difference that Jesus made wasn't the seed. It was the exact same kind of seed. Same word and everything. But the difference was the ground. Praise God. Well, how in the world could any of us have good ground when there's waters? Evil, wicked, sinful. Didn't want to do with God. But God predestinated a garden of Eden. A little slot of fertile soil. 
in your being. Which one, oh glory to God. When it received the seed word, what was that? You had the root. The root of what? The root of eternity, which ties you back before the foundation of the world. And the seed word fell into what? That little sprig of ground that God gave you by election. Call it the Garden of Eden. Call it what you will. And whenever it got there, though the trouble come, the difficulty come, but it was rooted in the original Garden of Eden. That allocation by the predestination of God. And there's not a enough devils out of hell to pull it out of there. Why God placed it in there. The good ground is your election. The good ground is your representation in the presence of God. Amen. It ain't nothing you can do. It's good because it come from him. Isn't it amazing? Jesus doesn't say he that received the good seed. He doesn't designate the seed to be good or bad because all the seed word is good. But he that received the seed into the good ground. I hope that's what we are tonight. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bring forth some a hundredfold. Some 60 and some 30. Now that's not percent. That's not some folks bringing forth 100% and some 60% and some 30. That's the fold, the manifestation that God gives you as far as gifts in life. Right. And you bring forth what? That's the care that God gives to you. Oh, I'll never be a preacher. God don't require for you to be a preacher. God don't require of all you sisters and some of you lay brothers to be the responsibility that men of God will have. You will bring forth in your capacity. Oh, you said, but I'm just 30 fold. That's all God gave you. 30 fold to you is 100 fold, maybe Brother Tim Pruitt. 30 fold to you, 10 fold, 20 fold, whatever it is, 20 fold. It's 20 times multiplied what you got. It's not that you're a 20% Christian. Who said, well, I'm just a 30%. That ain't what he said. He said 30 fold, which means 30 times bring forth what God gave in your life. That's why you want your life to grow in God. Let the word grow. Let the revelation grow. You stand there before God as a bountiful, expanded Christian of what God meant for you to be. Lord, I started out with just a little bit. Boy, you sure ain't that now. You understand the Godhead. You understand the millennium. You understand the rational. Oh, you're a 34 Christian. Praise God. Let me close. Luke says in Luke 8, 15, but that on the good ground, are they which in an honest and good heart. And where in the world did you get that? Look at yourself. Look at what we were when we were sinners. Liars, deceivers. Where did you get a good and honest heart? But on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. What was the difference? The heart. Let's stand.
How many believes the teaching of our rabbi? Why do people struggle with it? The former teaching of other rabbis. But my mama, my own mama always tell me, about, no, my first pastor that you, that, that's part of your problem. We need to be washed. This is what the early church believed. This is why in the seals, Billy Paul brought to Brother Branham a note. He said, Billy couldn't quite make it out. But it was from Brother Lee Vale. And he said, Brother Bill, I'm not sure, but I think Polycarp was a disciple of John. Brother Ben said, that's right. And he said then, Arrhenius was a disciple of Polycarp. He said, that's right too. And Arrhenius said, when the last elected member is brought in, the Lord will come. And Brother Ben said, people think that election is something that was just hatched out recently. Why, he said, it's one of the oldest teachings of the church. Guess what? We have moved back by restoration to one of the oldest teachings of the church. Amen. Amen. Feels wonderful, don't it, Brother Dirk? Feels wonderful. Oh, how honored I feel tonight to be standing here preaching the same way my rabbi taught it 2,000 years ago. And then Peter and then John and James and Arrhenius and so on and so on and so on. Other Donnie, you're a Calvinist. I am not a Calvinist. Brother Bram said he was a Calvinist as long as Calvin stayed in the Bible. Then when Calvin left the Bible, he went on. I am a follower of Jesus. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not a Noxist or even a Reaganist. I want to be a wordist. Praise God. So I ask you, did the early church believe in sovereignty? Are we part of that restored church? So I ask you, do you believe in God's sovereignty? Praise God. For before either children were born, he said, Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? Well, no, I didn't, I didn't know you was going on. I've just, been, I've just been trying to build you up. We're getting ready for the main thing here. This is God's truth, my friends. I don't know if you understand it or not. This will be part of the building blocks of the elements of faith that will help the consummation of the body change. People are waiting for some tape to be found from the voice of God that we've never heard before. It'll be on that old rapture and faith on on the tapes. Brother Bam never even said that. Look it up in 1962. See what he said. He never said that. Oh, somehow people think, listen to tapes, and that's going to build a rapturing faith. No, no more than coming here and a preacher. If your heart ain't right with God, you can say you're the best preacher in the message. And you'll be left right here when the tribulation period comes. The rapture is only the last event of a cycle which has been going on in the lives of believers for years. Enoch walked with God. He didn't run the last day to catch up. 
he didn't live a cold indifferent backslid life and then the last day he run to catch up with all the stuff he'd missed he walked with God day by day by day by day revelation by revelation by revelation you imagine as he was sitting in his study and the mathematical equations begin to strike him for the circumference of the arch over the doorway going into the king's chamber it was not even a common known fact of the radius of the earth and the arch of the radius from the earth to the moon to the sun. It was not even a published known fact before the antiluvian destruction. And Yuri's setting with all these mathematical figures and counting the steps, going up to the king's steps and going over here and looking at all that and saying, Lord, Lord, what, what does all this mean? God said, do it, Enoch. Place it in stone. Write my Bible. In stone. I've wrote it in the heavens. Write it in stone. Enoch. And him coming out staggering under the revelation. His wife said. What in the world is the matter with you? Lord wife. Lord God. Lord. Enoch I'm, I'm worried about you. You're spending so much time alone with God. Are you sure you're alright? Wife, I, after supper, I'm going to go, I know, I know, I know, you're going to go on a walk. Yeah, how'd you know that? That's what you've been doing lately, walking. You ain't got a girlfriend, have you? You, you meeting somebody? Yeah, I'm meeting somebody, but it ain't another woman. I'm meeting my Lord. I'm walking with him. I don't know how to explain to you where I'm at, wife. Can you imagine his wife didn't understand? His children didn't understand him. Lord, children, let's not play around. Let us have this walk. I'm not talking about making ourselves odd and peculiar. I'm talking about us being what God wants us to be. You can walk with God being a housewife, making biscuits and making pancakes for your young ones. You can walk with God painting a wall. You can walk with God being a, you know, whatever you are in your walk with God. That's what God wants you to be. But walk with him every day. Amen. Praise God. God building in you the very same thing spiritually that Enoch built thousands of years ago. Enoch's pyramid withstood the antediluvian destruction. They have just found by laser measurements just recently that the pyramid has been under hundreds of feet of water. That the washing of the stones, the way that it was made, has been underwater. What water? The flood. So will you be underwater sometimes. But when the water settles, you'll still be there. Trouble will come, sickness will come, difficulty will come. But your pyramid is built upon the rock. Praise be to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word, Father. Lord, I just wish everybody could see this. No wonder Brother Branham, when he'd study and be in your presence and he'd preach these things and he'd make remarks like that. Oh, I just wish everybody could see it. He knew they couldn't. But his heart was so full and so illuminated. He wish everybody could. Lord, I, I, I say the same tonight. I just wish everybody could. I wish everybody that embraces this message could see these things. 
Because I know so many who don't. As a matter of fact, Lord, preachers who fight this, I just don't understand it. I just don't, I can't comprehend it. One of the greatest things that there is in the Word of God, why would people not love it? But Lord Jesus, we want you to know tonight, we love it. I'm so glad that there's something solid beyond me. I'm so glad my faith, my salvation, my eternal life is based upon more than me. What if it's just my memory and one day I lose my memory? Then where is my Holy Ghost gone? What if it's based upon this man or that man? But it ain't based upon that, Lord. It's based upon you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, you know when you spoke to me to come here going on 31 years ago, you remember the words you told me. I argued with you, Lord, forgive me for that. I did not want to come here. I knew that battle would be great. But Lord, how many times have I went back to that? Because it was you who called me. Lord Jesus, help us to realize tonight if all we've got to go back to is just some stammering lips or we showered at the altar, the devil will wear us out. We go beyond the altar. Praise God. I go beyond me being a 12-year-old boy down there in Kentucky. I want to go back to the mind of God and say, I believe you had me there before the foundation of the world. So when I don't feel like shouting, I ain't got nothing to do with shouting. I was shouting up there in the mind of God before the world ever began when the sons of God shouted for joy. So when I don't feel like shouting down here, I can remember that shout. Amen. I can remember it goes beyond what I feel, what I think, what I'm able to figure out. It goes back into your mind, not mine. Praise God. Lord, encourage those that are down maybe tonight, weary, those that are sick. Father, we have so many needs, so many things that we hear about from day to day. Brother Darrell and I talking about it before church, Lord, it seemed like people are just facing so much stuff anymore. Everybody you talk to is dealing with so many things. Minister to us, Lord God, we pray. As Daniel said, that Satan in the last days would try to wear out the saints. But Father God, we are built upon stuff that won't bluff. That's what the prophet said. We're made out of stuff that don't bluff. So him and his lies and him huff and puff and blow our house down. No, he'll blow his brains out before he blows out our house. Because our house is built upon a rock. And that rock is the revelation of the word of God. So let him huff and puff. We're not little red riding hood. We're the little red blood washed bride ordained before the foundation of the world. We're not scared of him. He may come and howl like a wolf, but let him do whatever he wants to do. We've got a shepherd who is a wolf killer. We've got a shepherd that's a giant killer. We've got a shepherd that's a cancer killer. Hallelujah! We've got a shepherd that's a healer. He's a disease breaker. He's a bondage releaser. That's what he is. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. We worship you tonight, almighty God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, don't you love him tonight, saints? Can we just raise our hands in the presence of God? Whatever you have need of, just let your faith reach out to him tonight. You need healing, you need strength, you need a touch, whatever it is. He's mindful of you. Praise God. Praise God. That good seed word that you're hearing, it's going to bring up its crop. Amen. You got a good, honest heart. Oh, it ain't good because you said it was good. It ain't good because I said it was good. It's good because Jesus said it was good. 
And if he identifies it as good, it must come from him. There's only one good, and that's God. God's the only one that can give a good on the start. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your holy name, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. You're the healer of our diseases, Father. You're the deliverer, Lord, when we're in trouble. You're the bondage breaker. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Precious Lord, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love how can it be that you my king would die for me amazing love I know it's true it's my joy to honor you in all I do. Let me honor you. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. 
It's amazing to you. Why in the world would God pick you? Oh, but I'm so glad he did. God bless you, saints. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love tonight. Thank you for the service. Thank you for your word. Go with us now, Lord. Watch over us. Keep us by your grace. Thank you for your kindness and your mercy to us all, Lord. Calling us to yourself. Minister to your saints now, Lord, we pray. We love you, Lord Jesus. Sing it, Harry. God bless you, saints. My family and I are going... Out of town for a couple of days. We're going to rent a cabin together, spend a little time together. Brother Darrell will be preaching this weekend. If I see any of you Reaganites at Dollywood, you've got it Wednesday night coming. Amen. It's another Dollywood weekend. Brother Donnie's out of town. Don't he understand how it affects me? It tears me down. Load up the little children, oh, here we go. It's another Dollywood weekend. Move over, Dolly, we're going to watch your show. You don't want to be Reaganites. We want to be Christians. Your obligation is not to me, but to the house of God. Whether I'm preaching, whoever's preaching. Amen. Don't you love him with all your heart? Yes, Amen. We so appreciate Brother Darrell, Brother Terry, Brother West, these other ministers that God's given us here in the church. <clears throat> Amen. Every one of them, we, we, want, we want the Lord to know, we want them to know that we appreciate them. Yes. That's right. I know different ministers that have no help whatsoever. If a minister has to take a day off or a few days off to go rest somewhere, he has to bring in a visiting minister from the outside. I so appreciate our brothers here, don't you? Our deacons, our trustees, the library staff, Sunday school teachers, janitor. 
All said and done, I just appreciate all of you. Even those of you that's caused me a lot of gray hairs. God bless your hearts. Y'all are making the change for me a greater miracle. Amen. Love you, saints. God bless you. Sing together for us, Harry. I so appreciate you so much. Think what it'll be one of these days when we're all gathered together. All of our troubles, all of our difficulties are laid aside. No more troubles, no more worries. It's going to be wonderful, ain't it? God bless you. I love you, saints, with all my heart. Amazing love, how can it be That you, my King, should die for me Amazing love, I know it's true And it's my joy to honor you all I do I honor you Amazing love How can it be That you my king Should die for me oh. Amazing love It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love. my joy to honor you in all I do. Let me honor you. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die?